0: Hi, Adam Wakefield here. I'm jumping on the mic quickly to let you know that this is part one of a three-episode special podcast series we put together with the Africa Tech Festival, taking place in Cape Town, South Africa between 13 and 16 November. We look forward to seeing you there. We are exploring the concept of community as a practice and how it can be leveraged to build ventures and drive the future growth of the African tech ecosystem. The series is hosted by Andide Masugu, head of community at Founders Factory Africa. In this first episode, Andida speaks to Kyle Nchite, co-founder and CEO at Catalyze U, where they discuss community as a practice and how it benefits founders and the ecosystem as a whole. Enjoy.
1: Hello and welcome to the Not-So-Secret-Source podcast, where we open source the secret source. My name is Andilie Masugo. I'm Head of Community here at Founders Factory Africa. Welcome to the show. And on this episode of the Not-So-Secret-Source podcast, we focus on the power of community practice and, of course, its benefits to founders and the tech ecosystem at large. And we have the perfect person to help us unpack this topic in the form of Carl Nchite, co-founder and CEO at Catalyze a fellowship created to ignite collaboration between Africa's next generation of venture capital leaders. Now, Carl is also formerly ESG and impact manager at early stage impact investor Goodwill Investments. Welcome to the show, Carl. Thank you very much, Andila. Looking forward to being here with you. I know that at Goodwill, you went from... A more traditional investment management type scenario you know roles in that in that area to focusing on esg and impact was that experience critical to spawning catalyze you and of course congratulations on getting into textiles you guys
0: (laughs) thank you very much yeah textiles has been quite a journey for for my co-founder and i with regards to the question yes i would say being part of the, the the venture capital ecosystem was at large the the big Catalyzer, if you will. Right. Being at Goodwill and having the support system from the people there, my team there, that definitely helped. The need to build a community for young Africans within the the venture ecosystem was what really ignited what Catalyze U is today.
1: You know, uh, look, I'd be remiss if I didn't big you up for growing Catalyze U to include 50 plus fellows from over 40 of the continent's leading VC funds, including, of course, Founders Factory Africa, <laughs> uh, and I really want to to dig into what you're learning at the intersection of community catalyzation, quote unquote, and and the world of venture building that you and the team of catalyze you are, are are working on. I suppose venture building, come venture capital practice, a lot of these things are being melded into one. I just, I guess, I'm really interested in. The hard-nosed capitalist intent of investment on one side and the need to sort of build community and uh, and build relationships and, 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 and sales enablement capacity at scale. I think these are really interesting ideas that I think are coming to convergence in the work you're doing at catalyze You're going to be fun to, to, to dig into. But... We must officially break some ice, bud. What we're going to do before we get into the show is a quick lightning round where you give us your hot take on just just five things. Just five things, you know. And all we ask is your gut feel as soon as I raise a topic. Are you up for that? Let's go. All right. Well, first up, podcasts. Now, careful here because, you know, (laughs) we're, we're, we're sensitive people on this show <laughs> we love podcasts but what's your hot take on podcasts you've got to love
0: them uh, I'm not too sure if I'm a fan of podcasts on Spotify oh. uh, listening to your music in, in, in gym or in the gym or, or driving and now you're getting a, a, a notification about one of your, your VC podcasts popping up so I think that the, <laughs> the separation there is potentially necessary I'm, I'm one of those, those people so you, that, you love the uh,
1: Not So Secret Source podcast just not that much <laughs> no
0: no 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 <laughs>
1: Don't, don't put words <laughs> in my mouth now, Andile. Come on. Uh, Shots fired, bro. We see you coming for us. No, no. no but I, 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 I understand because I'm a Spotify user, but I listen to all my podcasts on Google Podcasts. So I totally get you. I'm messing with
0: me. <laughs> you. The one platform I've been using for a while, and, and I like to call myself, I know you also consider yourself an early adopter, and, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one of those for, for AIR, A-I-R-R. Oh, and yeah. And the thing I love about them is you can make notes in your your, your podcast because otherwise I feel I, I,
1: I lose all the, the golden nuggets. Yeah no you actually put me onto air. I'm yet to use it. I must I just I'm um, I in fact yeah, no excuses. I'll check out air. <laughs> and that's your hot take. Podcasts are only good on that's air, I guess. <laughs> that's my hot take. There we go.
0: I was the last thing over here. I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to my, my favorite product. The beautiful thing about AIR is that you can ship your, your notes directly into Notion or whatever knowledge management system you're using. So that's the hot take over there.
1: All right, that's the clincher right there. Definitely need to check that out. So, what's your hot take on large, high-profile conferences versus small, intimate gatherings?
0: They all end up becoming small, regardless, right? So, if you if you go to yeah. a high-profile, large conference, it's it's the the small networking events at the end of the day that that really take it away. So,
1: I'll, I'll go with the latter,
0: small, intimate gatherings.
1: Okay, for the win, right? Hot take on the, the best win. drink. Yeah, the hot take on the best drink and snack to have during a meeting.
0: So I actually asked for some sparkling water as I walked into the studio, and I'm learning very quickly that that is not the drink to have during a meeting. So I'll go with some water, still water, of course, and mango strips for for the meeting. It's not too crunchy. I'm with you on the mango, bro.
1: VC (laughs) winter. Hot take on that
0: we're definitely slightly down uh, higher than where we were in 2021 i think the the figures are 2.3 billion dollars in in 2021 and uh, where we are right now is around 2.7 last year probably we we definitely surpassed the the 3 billion dollar mark probably even higher than 3.5 if i recall correctly you're seeing so many different restructurings when i when i think back to to my good old days I, i've seen some of our old portfolio companies uh, sandy companies like this that are restructuring your trigger foods your offerzens these are these are companies that have gone through now you know more than one restructuring potentially so i think that yeah. it's... you guys were early to trigger
1: you guys were fairly early for Tugwe.
0: We were in Sendi. We were very early. Twiga we didn't manage to get into. And Sendi such a beautiful business, such a, a great initiative. Some really strong founders over there. So sad to see what's happening there. I think that what what we're starting to see is this conversation around different forms of investment, right? So we've traditionally been very focused on equity based investments. Now the need for mezzanine, the need for revenue based financing, debt, etc., coming in. I think that's
1: what we'll. See in the next few few years more players in those spheres i hope at least so perfect segue to my last hot take topic here African early-stage VCs versus foreign early-stage VCs, what's your hot take? Easy question. No shots
0: fired this time. African early-stage VCs, 100% of the time. I think it's really nice to see us on the continent restructuring how things are done. And over here, I'd like to give a shout-out to to FFA, to Founders Factory Africa. Congratulations on the the recent round. I've said this to you. I've said this to Pilani. I've said this to Constantine, a few of the, the team members at FFA, but I'm a huge fan of how things are structured at, at FFA. And I think that what we have on the continent being such a nascent ecosystem is the opportunity to restructure how things are done and do them from an African context. And that's the only way that we're going to succeed in this venture capital game
1: here. So that, that, that's my hot take. Sir. So. Uh you're too kind. Also, we did not pay you to say that <laughs> and you did not know what was coming. So yeah, we, we appreciate that. That's very kind of you. All right, Carl, thanks for playing, bro. That that was fun. Let's dive straight into what we're here to discuss. I'm obviously really, really excited about this particular topic, passionate about it. I consider myself among other things, primarily a community builder, a community catalyst. I believe that it, community plays a fairly understated but hugely impactful and sometimes even inimitably game-changing role in shaping futures, in enabling the kind of relationships to, to build that actually lead to the kind of business we all want to see proliferate across the continent. The kind of business that that sees founders get the support they need, both, you know, into in terms of the investment support they need, but also in terms of the venture building support they need, the the moral support, the fans they need, the customers they need, but also the learnings that need to trickle down into our ecosystem if it's going to grow and scale to rival some of the, the, the more mature ones in the world, right? So that's the real sort of intent in, in, in doing all this. And, and so as an opening question, I mean, how do you define community for yourself? I've come to think about it. Perhaps you have a different view or perhaps you can riff on the one I've I've sort of got us started with.
0: No, uh, it's game-changing,
1: right? Um, I, I think that you, you used a
0: few different adjectives to describe a, a strong community and uh, I'm aligned with all of them. What's crucial for me is is it's a congregation of like-minded individuals from different walks of life and that's something that's crucial. When I think about why we started the community. It was really to bring together uh, like-minded individuals from different spaces throughout Africa and to help one another really foster a growth mentality to improve and grow our own careers. And that's what I think that community should be, should be doing. It should be uplifting one another, giving, you, giving each other a platform to stand on to reach the levels that you want to reach.
1: There's a definition of community I love by David Spinks, who's authored the book, The Business of Belonging, how to make community your competitive advantage. And I think you touch on some of the things he espouses and I've come to sort of embrace myself. And so I'll read it to you and I'll, you know, kind of play it on you and and see what you think. He reckons that a community is a group of people who share common interest or goal. And I think you kind of touched on that moments ago and who interact regularly with each other. Communities, he says, are built on relationships and they thrive when members feel a sense of belonging.
0: 100%.
1: How much of that is an intuitive sensibility that you are trying to, through catalyze you, I suppose productize.
0: i think what might actually be helpful right now is if we take a few steps back and 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 talk a little bit about how catalyze you came to be because you and i both have this understanding i I doubt that a lot of people in the audience would although i i i wish i wish that would be the case
1: well they're about to they're about to let's do it (laughs) yeah so how did catalyze you come to be (laughs) and and to what degree it is the quote you just heard a big, well, something you're trying to productize and or commercialize through Catalyze You?
0: So I think that the quote the quote made me want to, to go back into why we started Young African Catalyst, mm. right? And so before Catalyze You, we were called Young African Catalyst. Young African Catalyst is still a part of who we are today. Uh, during my my time at Goodwill, my co-founder and I decided to kind of bring together like-minded individuals, people that share the similar mindsets, qualities, uh, and a a shared vision. So our our goal was to to kind of create a referral-only, kind of like a clubhouse-like model community of young African catalysts, people that are working at a venture firm that's actively investing and they're part of the investment team. And we, we sent out about 20 different invites to funds or rather to representatives of funds across the continent. And we, we had a surprisingly really good pickup from them. 18 of the, the 20 um, joined in. The Each of these 18 uh, got the opportunity to refer two to three other people based up in, within their network. And this is how we were able to grow the, the network that is or the community that is Catalyze You Today. and. What I think is 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 important to note here, you know, we we wanted to make it something that's representative of each person. That's why we weren't, we, we haven't been adding people ourselves since then. We we're currently at I think around seventy different funds, so a little bit above the number you you stated there in the beginning, and this was all. Done during our our period at our respective funds. My my co-founder, his name is Luke Mostert. He was the head of investments at Future Africa, and this community is what actually helped get him this job at Future Africa. Prior to that, he was at 4Di, and. What, what naturally started to happen is that the community morphed into what it needed, right? So, people, we thought people would come here and predominantly want to share knowledge and to, to speak. What it morphed into was different VCs, of course, sharing pipeline. And so, I think that we, we shared a, a couple hundred, probably around 250 deals in our first year in this community alone. Wow. And wow. Yes. And, uh, what also started happening is a lot of individuals trying to break into the startup sphere, trying to break into the, the VC sphere, started coming to us and trying to use us as a, a lever to give them insight into what the, you know, this black box that we call VC is. And so now with this context, we on, on where Young African Catalyst started, we we actually followed the desires of the people within this community and shifted into a a business. And so this is this productization, this commoditization of this community. And so we started focusing on on those two end goals, helping people break into the VC space, more importantly, or what is our core business model right now, helping people break into the startup space. So land a job there. And all of this is built on the back of a community, a community of seventy plus VCs and representatives from each of them that generally want to see one another succeed. And and how wow. we Yeah, how we've seen all of these different VC support is our course is basically built around Experts, industry experts, if you will. So, for example, from Founders Factory Africa, we have Pilani, who works on the investment team, who was a, shout out
1: to uh, Shout out to Pilani Mzila. Uh,
0: shout out to Pilani Mzila, 100%. <laughs> so, so, he led um, Due Diligence and Negotiation, which was a course or a module within our most recent fellowship. And so… Our pedagogy is really centered around experiential learning, so getting the context from people within the ecosystem. So we have these different industry experts that come from our community that teach the students that are trying to break into the startup or the VC or just small business ecosystem in Africa and around the world. And then we place them all in different startups that were also part of our community. So, you know, our community is not just VCs, it's also startups. And, and I think that this commoditization of these varying communities is, is the backbone of our business. Mm. Very important to answer your question.
1: Oh, I love where you took this because there's, there's someone obviously listening right now who's inclined to think about community as a trend, I suppose with capitalist Intent forward sensibilities, let me put it that way, right? Which is, yes. hey, let me figure out how to corral a bunch of individuals who share, as we said, like a common interest or goal, position myself as an influential sort of ringmaster to said grouping as people, and then, you know proceed to figure out ways to extract value from them that accrues into sort of capitalist gain for myself. I think for a lot of people, that's what constitutes community practice. Listening to your story, though, how, you know, you guys at Catalyze, you kind of uh, evolved. Y- you you set out to serve into a need, right? And, and I think that's interesting, too, where there are many people in VC and, and in other sectors, too, who don't approach their practice with a sort of servant leadership mentality let's let's say they you know they lead with i'm here to sort of extract value for myself which i think in itself is a somewhat limiting perspective even though some people succeed doing that and 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 approaching the world that way admittedly but i think it's quite important to 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 recognize that you come with that mindset you serve into uh into a space where your service attracts other like-minded individuals and over time you establish through those interactions and the relationships you build there, real needs that if met could result in a business frankly Does, does that sum it up
0: yes perfectly and i i think one thing right moving moving away from this extraction of value to servitude is is really important how we approach this problem is how can we add value to our varying communities because we have communities of different vcs we have communities of different startups we have probably most importantly for us communities of talent that is looking to sharpen this, their their swords and break into the startup ecosystem yeah and so you need to find a way to provide value to each of these different groups in a way that that that's symbiotic.
1: Yeah, yeah. I suppose in the world we, in the way we frame it at Founders Factory Africa, we think of those as like stakeholders, stakeholder groups within within a broader community with a capital C. And 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 again, the you know, I suppose the business sort of layer we might lay on that is just trying to establish from a prioritization and budget finite sensibility if a finite budget sort of reality you know they're, they're not we can't serve everyone everything they need and there are perhaps certain communities we're better positioned to serve than others and perhaps there are certain communities we're obliged to serve more than others because again we're in the business we are but ultimately it is about going how can we help you? You know what are unique problems we're in a position to help solve, and and uh, to mutual benefit across the board. And what I love about the work you're doing at Catalyze, you I, I think it's telling that you would pitch a notion like this to tech stars, who we know aren't. You know in the business of <laughs> charity right and <laughs> and and actually get enlisted and sort of supported on your sort of startup journey trajectory your, your startup trajectory so i'm curious to know like what story you would tell them that got them going we need to back that
0: yes oh well catalyze you in one in one line is we vet we train and we powerfully position africa's next generation of talent in global startups and this this made a lot of sense for for tech stars. Someone that's an organization that's getting in excess of two thousand applications every single year has multiple different batches and different locations. They, the the problem they, that all startups face is that they need work-ready talent, and. <laughs> majority of the time they need that work ready to t- talent to, to start working immediately and start working uh, at, a, at a jog. you know like let's, let's let's be fair. it's definitely not a walking pace. It might not be a sprint, but they need them to start knowing what to do. And I, I think that Techstars has has been open with us. Uh, this is a problem that a lot of their startups face and they see a company like Catalyze you plugging in and serving a lot of their portfolio companies.
1: I imagine it's also why you changed the name because I think in your in your previous iteration, what was it, young African Catalyst? African capitalists? Yeah, exactly. I think the that was giving more nonprofit, more <laughs> I suppose <laughs> impact vibes. Not to derogate, not to sort of degrade the notion of impact, and and also undermine how impact and and commercial outcomes in the best case studies actually go together. But I mean, it was giving that, is, was that the thinking around the change of name to sort of lean into, guys, this is actually a business opportunity.
0: So here, let me, let me first give a shout out to Sh- Sunil Sharma, uh, the managing director of Techstars Toronto. This was one of his thoughts as well. And I think that we aligned with it. I'm, I'm a big fan of the name Young African Catalyst. I think that Yak, that's what we used to call ourselves, Yaks, really rolls off the tongue. But it does give that NGO vibe. I think that also it's, it was a bit limiting because we're trying to, we're trying to take Africa across the world right? Uh, we see the talent that we have here. We think that it's still untapped. And when we look at the, the opportunity in the, the next coming years, uh, decades, uh, this is the talent, this is going to be the talent center. And so we wanted to, to also stop or remove this, this idea that this talent is only for Africa, because we believe that it's for the world. And so that's where, that's one of the other things that we wanted to focus on with Catalyze You. We're looking to catalyze each and every single one of you right and oh, so wow. that's that, that's where the the name came from i'll give a shout out to my co-founder as well who was pretty instrumental in 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 coming up with these names
1: so then what's the thinking behind starting with the the venture capital I suppose, stakeholder group, right? I imagine, and they, they, I've, I've definitely since, since you know, you started teasing this company in the making, even before you left Goodwill in, in our conversations, I remember it, it felt like it was really almost like a VC-focused offering. And it definitely sounds like it's evolved to, to think about far more. And by the way, at Founders Factory Africa, we're interested in that evolution because on one hand, obviously we are an early stage investor, but then we are also, you know, a venture support proponent and enabler and catalyst. So we obviously care about talent more broadly than just investment talent, right? But then, you know, what's the thinking around that, and 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 why start with investment talent and, and, and VCs in particular?
0: and have you shifted over to the the investment team are you are you looking to
1: to deploy a check-in? <laughs> <laughs> not a chance bro not no, a chance. No, no pressure no pressure <laughs> their jobs <tubs> are safe <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so i mean the the the, the thinking here was you know we, we have our circle of competence my my co-founder and I we, we like to aggregate the, the amount of time we've been in the VC ecosystem and that's around 11-12 years mm. he he, as I mentioned he's he's worked for three different firms on the continent from Greenhouse to 4DI to Future Africa working under someone like E Mia as well and Ian myself, Aboy-
1: I, I think we need to pause there and just go. shout out to Ian Aboyeji please Aboy- please hey, I, I, you know
0: <laughs> I, I, I think that there's, there's only two africans like him all right one of them Mm. is elon musk who's got some unicorns under his belt two of those the other Mm. of course is ian andela and flutterwave let's never ever forget about that so and and it's great to 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 also have future africa support they've they've invested into catalyze you so having someone that created oh congrats! thank you so so Mm. having someone that created something as successful as andela supporting us is, is something that's really important but Back to your question, why did we start with VC Talent? It's because of our circle of competence. We we, we spent quite a okay. bit of time in the VC ecosystem. we would created this community that was focused on the VC ecosystem and we had all of these people constantly asking us for support in terms of breaking into the VC ecosystem. So we thought of this as a kind of a proof of concept. Can we manage to build a fellowship that, you know, vets all of these people that are trying to break into the, the ecosystem and then creates a curriculum to train them and then help place them, right? So currently where we stand two weeks after the end of our our fellowship, we've already placed in excess of 15% of our first cohort, right? And this is only two weeks after we're in much more conversations that are you know, coming to, towards the end. So
1: I'm, I'm sure that that number will increase drastically. But this was... What does placement look like? I mean, are they interning? Are they like straight up like getting jobs in places? So,
0: I mean, our cohort varies in, from skill sets, right? So we have some some UCT grads, Strathmore grads, ALA grads, people that have worked at Microsoft, Meta. Um, we also have our international students from Oxford, Columbia, etc. So... People coming are coming into jobs with varying experiences, and what we wanted to do and what was really important for us was to create an opportunity to find alignment in your job, right? So alignment between the talent and alignment between the startup or the VC. So we start off with an internship, and I say internship with inverted commas around that word, that lasts two months. And and then from there we move into a full time contract. So the, the internship contract is is effectively just like YC safe. We've already standardized this. It's supposed to be completely seamless from doing our 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 fellowship and moving directly into a a job and, and
1: getting that, that experience so i want us to, to sort of because i think we're headed in the direction of how this business basically the unit the unit economics and and well i suppose the fundamentals of how you know the business model the the business model fundamentals and the, the unit economics of the business you're building and i want us to speak about that separately i do want to touch on something you spoke to i think the power of starting where you have the most to give mm. so the way you and your founder, Luke, have focused on, on on VC talent because, again, I mean, this is the world you come from. This is the world you have naturally uh, dedicated yourselves to, to serving into and, and building relationships from and ultimately the best place to, to build an MVP. Right. And I, I think what I take away from that is is something I I, I hold as a, a sort of a fundamental value to how great community is built. It's asking the question, what value am I uniquely positioned to provide, right? So I think a lot of people come to community building as a practice, and and granted people understand its power to unlock value, but people have come to it with with their eye on that group of people over there that they want to sort of influence and <laughs> mm. And and lead and and tap for value, without asking like you know what what do I have in my hand? What experience have I brought to bear? What networks am I organically pl- plugged into? What is the most value I can offer to the most people? individually and eventually at scale. And then, I suppose, trusting the network effect to open up broader opportunity. I wish more people would, would think that way. What do you think? No,
0: I, I mean, I I think you've said it perfectly. There's not much for me to, to add on that that point. I think that another, mm. another thing that you want to do is you want to provide the value that you know that you're, as you said, best positioned to give or provide. And then you want to see what what sticks, right? And in, in, in our case, we've had a situation where, a lot of people are now coming to us and asking for this talent, asking for us to help them. And when I say people, I'm I'm speaking of the stakeholder group startups. Right. So we, we also worked with startups in our first cohort. What we did was we placed each of our students in a startup for the duration of the program so that they were able to apply what they're learning from these industry experts like a Pilani and, and apply it to a startup like a Contro or something like that, a, a health tech uh, or telemedicine player here in South Africa. And what we're now having is the, the founders of these startups are coming to us and saying, hey, we would we would actually really like to also offtake talent from your cohort. It doesn't matter that they're not, you know, they haven't been trained in business development or marketing. We see the quality that they have and we, we see that these are people that are eager to position themselves in these places. And so I think one one beautiful thing that takes what you've just said about, you know, looking at the, the value that you can provide is seeing or having people come to you, right? Often as entrepreneurs, you think of something in your head, and it makes perfect sense. And then you build that and the market isn't there. And yeah. what is really important is to have the market actually signal to you that the time is now. And I think that that's something yeah. that we were able to get from this this proof of concept yeah. on the VC side with these startups now coming to us and saying, we need this please, can you do this for us? Whether it was part of our vision or not, I think the validation is crucial.
1: And the time and investment you put into your careers to date, if effectively, is it was part of that research journey, right? 100%. Yeah, I mean, I, I, just listening to that, I, I recognize that there's a constant tension between the need and the benefit of growing community and the com- competition for commercial success. And I realize that on the continent, it's kind of like in vogue to to be hyper collaborative and, and sort of open source, uh, or open source oriented when it comes to like, hey, let's let everyone in and let's democratize access to this to say VC or whatever, right? And and let's share learnings and, and insights and let's help everyone grow. My sense is is in part it's it's almost a survival tactic too because we're so nascent and and we're we're only attracting such a small share of global vc and even at that you know tech as a genre tech vc as a genre even less of that as a share of that so i just wonder how long you expect this this current wave i'm sensing of collegiate collaboration how long you expect it to to last and whether you expect maybe the it to start to sort of erode as the industry matures
0: the question is whether it's a survival mechanism or it's naivety or just
1: nascency right mm-hmm. i uh, so or some people or people intentionally trying to project like a moral virtue, virtuous sensibility, or inject a morally, not even morally, but a, 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 yeah, I suppose a morally, a, you know, sense, a sensibility into how business is done. I think that's the other part. Are there people out here just trying to, you know, serve because they believe it's the right thing to do? But yeah, just that, just as a sort of extra potential sort of E. A B C D E or something. To be
0: honest with you, I love it, right? I, I think it's crucial. I think these these partnerships and collaboration is crucial for, for an ecosystem. Being transparent is also really important, right? I, I I think that you 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 see situations where competitors and when I say competitors, I mean it's a it's a broad word and I'm reminded of this constantly. But Competitors can collaborate, right? And it's, it's almost needed to get yeah. an ecosystem to a certain point and place. And when we compare it, when we contrast this to, to developed markets, uh, I had the, the luxury of spending quite a bit of time in the Netherlands, in The Hague, in Amsterdam with Goodwill Investments, my, my previous employer. I, I spoke at this, this conference called the GIN, the Global Impact Investing Network, uh, last year. And what was really, really, really evident to me
1: was—by the way, that's like that's like the biggest gathering of nonprofits, impact investors, and some of the most more pr- progressive players in that space who actually also invest in tech and uh, like Goodwill. So yeah, that just as a context for anyone who's not familiar with Jin.
0: So so we had we had like a two thousand different people in attendance at the Hague last year. So it was a huge fest. Uh, festival, uh, huge event rather, <laughs> and we had a few of those smaller gatherings afterwards that we that, that kind of also speaks to my, my preference for the smaller gatherings, and I think that's where I, I got a lot of value. But what was really, really evident to me was the lack of that desire to hyper-collaborate, right? In markets like cool. Europe, in markets like the States, everyone's like, I can connect you, I can connect you, I can connect you. In markets like Africa right now, it's like, let's work together. And I think that people have moved away from let's work together because they've seen how things can go wrong in developed markets. And it's almost like we need to burn our fingers before that becomes the case. But I hope that we don't. I really hope that we don't because this collaboration is so useful for growing an ecosystem.
1: Yeah, you're right. That sensibility of VC is in part uh, an insider trading business uh, that (laughs) involves it involves hoarding hoarding i suppose competitive advantages that look like you know proprietary deal access or collaborative access to uh, syndication opportunities or i suppose uh, investment if you're the founder trying to look in that sensibility is definitely something i i know personally you aren't a fan of i mean what's your sense on whether or not that's mainstreaming as a as a sensibility across the continent that we don't want to be that
0: that, that we don't want to be what what exactly now the, that we don't want to
1: the, yeah the, the insider trading sort of proprietary don't touch me on my deal flow and my contacts type scenario uh, is 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 a business like catalyze you banking on that we're going to lean into into a, a a much more open sensibility than that?
0: I think so. To to a large degree, yes. But I mean let's let's think of the name of this podcast. Everyone has their secret source, and we're trying to make some of that secret source not so secret. And I think that's needed. Absolutely. Hence this question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that in certain certain areas there will be there will be things that that always have to stay private because that's your IP. But you know, mm. reducing the 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 barriers in certain certain places needs to happen. The pipeline. There there will always be. I mean, when when a when a company is raising, unless they're they're doing so in stealth, they're going to be public about it. So it's about balancing it's not the best answer over here but i I really think it is
1: absolutely i'm fascinated by this thing i I think this this begs more conversation and debate in our ecosystem you know this tension between community and competition and i suppose for me there's also the lens of like long-term short term and you touched on earlier how i would define it as people don't focus on sales enablement as much as marketing so they have a product they're trying to match it with that product with with people who need it or want it and, and obviously trying to create as much awareness for, for their product uh, or trying to stoke up a sense of need for their product in, in the people who need it. That's what I'd call kind of marketing, like classically trying to match a product with people who might use it and, and hopefully love using it and keep using it, right? Yes. Uh, but then there's this this area of sales enablement, which I think is, a, is definitely part of community practice, right? Which thinks about, you know, what relationships am I going to need? if not today in the blank check future and that's anything from tomorrow next month next year what what are those relationships on a one on one basis what are those relationships you know institutionally i mean this is kind of the thinking around having someone like you on the show going you know you you personally i think this is an extension of the investment in relationship building you've made you know in in sort of thankfully befriending me but also you know befriending and quite frankly like being such a great colleague in the ecosystem to many of our team at, at founders factory africa and then extending that fellowship to how can we you know work together how can we serve together institutionally and i suppose in the case of Techstars and Future Africa and everyone else who's invested in you so far, like, how can you back me and ultimately, how can we sort of do this mission together and, and make money together to mutual benefit, right? So I, I think there's such a beautiful sensibility around how people that I hope people will take away from this conversation around an investments in building relationships as the primary ethos of community building practice, as I see it, sales enablement, thinking about like from from a more medium to long term sensibility, like what ground do I need to till, you know, and, and ensure is fertile for future opportunities to, to, to generate leads and convert leads and, and ultimately to, you know, return on investment. So I, I feel like th- there's not enough of that kind of thinking and people are just trying to str- hit straight for the jugular sorry i i just went into a stream of consciousness there but yeah you're inspiring this carl <laughs> and i'm aligned with that that stream of consciousness you know if, if i could get something or if, if
0: i could leave something for people to take away from this conversation hmm. it, it yeah. would really be around this you, you, you keep using this word servitude and i think it's so crucial because you you need to enter all of your relationships from a standpoint of what value can i provide and Honestly, when you're, when you're entering a relationship like that, you don't have to be the, the, the best person to be provide that value. You just need to be able to mm-hmm. provide it and be able to see that this is value that's needed. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I, that's what I think is, is crucial. People that reach out to me, they, the, the ones that do well, they, they, they reach out and say, hey… I, I've seen this opportunity in the, the the marketplace. I've seen this grant. I would love to write it for you. Can I can I do this? Here's here's the angle that I would do. I would go about it. Right. Mm. If, if I think about our relationship, a lot of it has been around value, and I think a lot a lot more. Um, around mutual interest as well and and nerding out on certain things but yeah, sales enablement is also a a, a core component there right and i think i I spoke about that now with with regards to how can i sell myself sell the value that i can and provide to you and 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 that's that's something that's crucial and it's it people need to have a a value first kind of mentality when going into different things i think the one thing you, it's a hard game though it is
1: though this is the thing i think that that's the oversimplification here because i mean some people like you know they can come away with a sense of okay now i get it this is exactly what i need to serve into they can even make that decision but is that coupled with a commitment to do that consistently over a sustained period of time before sometimes it becomes clear how it's going to be it's going to like return on your investment to to serve into it and and, and i think the answer for me is like just work it into your practice as a professional whatever that practice is if you happen to be a vc fine if you're a venture builder or a founder you know it it actually doesn't matter i i think what people need to approach this as is as a practice not as the sidecar to activity that they that they they're investing in in order to get an outcome it's going how do I bake this into my day to day as as a founder of, of a startup, as an investor at you know as a, you know as a principal at a fund or a an ESG and impact manager at a at a, at a VC or a, you know or even a, a a product person at a startup? Like, how do I consistently invest in in the people in the the, the sort of communities around me, uh, leveraging what I am uniquely positioned to to serve, and so. You know, with the time we have left, because we literally just run out of time, please help me understand the model. You you were alluding to it a little earlier on. I paused, I put a pin in it, and now I, I'd like us to end on it because... It, it, it i think it's really important that that people come away inspired too with how this thinking can deliver on a business opportunity and a startup opportunity one granted that is being built out in one of the hardest environments you know funding environments and building environments and and uh, landscapes in in a while so good luck to 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 you and godspeed but nonetheless there's enough there to warrant a bunch of investors going you deserve a chance to to give this a go, what's the business? How do you convert those courses you described, these relationships that you've leveraged, this value you've packaged? How are you translating that into essentially a business model and returns that hopefully turn into a great profitable business?
0: So I'm gonna answer that question in in, in a bit, right? Be- before I answer that question, I, I just wanna speak about the fact that it's it's really about starting small and it's about starting where you can see like your your next step before thinking and and trying to go to uh, to too broad and that's what we did with with our community in the the venture capital ecosystem the business here with catalyze u is that we have all of these different communities that we need to nurture and and that's that's a that's a really important reminder for us uh, us ourselves and that we've been reminding ourselves recently. We've, we've been hyper-focused on a few groups of our community and uh, this primarily being talent and, and not providing enough value to some of our other ones. So um, the VC community, this is something that we need to continue providing value to in different ways as well as the startup community. What is the business here? The, the business is of training Africa's talent that is really here training talent that is non-technical because I think you've seen your, your Andelas, you've seen your Offer Zens. These are all focused on technical talent. But there is such a huge gap in this space with regards to non-technical talent and placing it in the best possible startups, right? And the matching is, is something that we, we take a very, very curated approach to. We, we, we consider people's backgrounds, their mission, their psychometric profiles, how they've performed on different assignments and worked with different individuals. And we place them in startups that match that, right? And that's what we're trying to do over here. I think when we look at the, 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 the African ecosystem each year, there are 20 million jobs that are added added to it. 20 million jobs of young Africans and there are only 3 no sorry. sorry there are 20 million young Africans that are added to the labor market and there are only 3 million jobs that are available All right 85% sure. is left hanging and and so what we want to do is we want to we want to change that we want to ensure that we we upskill our talent to a point where we can place them anywhere in the world and that's the business opportunity over here
1: and I imagine, I mean, doing that is valuable to people who are struggling to find the talent they need when they need it. And doing that is valuable to the talent that's, I suppose, out here looking, desperately trying to ch- channel their their gifts and time and bandwidth into meaningful projects and careers. Correct. 100%. Ah. And somewhere in the mix there, there's Ching Ching. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the ching ching comes in a few different places,
0: right? <laughs> and it has yeah. to. It has to. This is this is these yeah. are the unit economics that you're talking about before. To yeah. speak to yeah. that, uh, we we have a the the ed tech component where we we start all the way from free. We we have a an operator school that is completely free. Our goal is to democratize access to this this content, and and then that goes all the way up to our experiential fellowships, our micro MBAs, and we we earn from those in the form of yeah. tuition, and then probably most dominantly we take a percentage cut on placements and so that's the business model over there that's the ching ching and uh i I, I believe it to be a, a a big ching ching
1: Listen, my guy. Listen, we hope it it it, it will continue to grow and, and flesh into something amazing. You have a huge fan in me, uh, no doubt, a big fan in Pilani Mzila, who, by the way, was you know participating, uh, were participating uh, in that course uh, even as he was planning his wedding, man. So that's how committed yes. this man was to your cause, and and it's a great one, really. I can't say any, I can't say enough about how hopeful and uh, firstly grateful and hopeful i am for the work that you and luke have decided to set out with here and and we look forward to, to being a part of your story both as you know as participants and proponents catalyst to it in some way shape or form and as a platform to share what we're learning from success and failure over here at founders factory africa
0: and i a huge thank you from me as Carl, first and foremost and then also from catalyze you i think that your support and uh, the support from founders factory africa from pilani to constantine to, to everyone on the team it's, it's really been overwhelming and, and this is why i say i I hope that our collaboration first mentality doesn't change because this is the warmth that we need to to showcase. Ubuntu.
1: Ubuntu, my guy. And and you know, I think it's worth saying, since you you put it that way, I mean this you know, my heart kinda bleeds a little just knowing that we aren't at in you know, we're not represented on your cap table. It doesn't matter though, because there's just value here that needs to be backed. The, the sort of ducks haven't lined up for us to be investors alongside, you know, tech stars and, and and Future Africa, but that's okay, that could change later, who knows? But that's not even the point here. The point is, if there's value, we're obliged to recognize that and we're obliged to show up and give credit where it's due and, and, and contribute and serve alongside what you're doing. And so yeah, the, you shouldn't expect that to change anytime soon. Uh, so again, thank you for the work you're doing and thank you for being on the show. And a big thank you to everyone listening We appreciate you spending time with us and until next time, keep well and Join a, communi- no. <laughs> join a community. Join a community. is what I was gonna say. Which is kind of corny. What's what's a good line I could lead? Uh, we can leave the people with. Uh, uh, till next time, keep well and Ooh, listen, join a community. Join catalyze you. <laughs> <laughs> join catalyze <laughs> uh, you. Okay, no, no I'll, I'll let you have it. Uh, <laughs> till okay, next let, time, let's, keep let's well and let's catalyze you. Let's catalyze you. I love it. Let's do that. Till next time, keep well and let's catalyze you. Thanks so much, Carl. Cheers, bro. Thank you and